Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. With HSC Midwest. For updated factual information, see hse.ie. By staying apart, we can save lives. Now, undoubtedly, these are tough times for everyone. No one is finding lockdown easy to cope with. However, the COVID-19 pandemic is a challenge uh, that uh, has brought all of us together. And in ways, we will have to overcome it together. And I'm joined this morning by Meg Wiley-Curran. Meg's sunny disposition, her positivity and her generosity are qualities which continue to amaze us. While our lives changed in 2020, Meg's changed in 2018 when she was diagnosed with stage 4 breast cancer. However, she certainly hasn't let her diagnosis stop her from living her life. Now more than ever, we can learn from Meg about changing our mindset when faced with a crisis. And she joins me on uh, the line. How are you, Meg? Good, thank you. How are you? Not too bad at all. How are you finding lockdown and the pandemic in general, Meg? Well, I suppose I could be honest, but I'll be just my positive self. <laughs> um, it's, it's hard. It's really difficult. I guess we're all in the same, we're not all in the same boat, I suppose, but we're, we're, we're trying to remain positive. We're going from pyjamas to pyjamas. Um, I see little boys of nearly six, nearly seven. So they're kind of glued to the TV, PlayStation, YouTube. You know, it's difficult to get them out, especially on days that it's a little bit wetter. But, you know, we're we're doing, we're lucky, I guess, we've got a big garden. We've got a nice big spacious area outside. So we're doing a bit of home decorating, a bit of gardening, driving each other mad sometimes. But we're trying our best to keep going. What life lessons, particularly from cancer, are you applying to help you through this? Well, I guess, you know, we, we always, I always take the attitude now that there's always somebody worse off than ourselves. So as I say, you've got, you, you know, you've got people who are, have little space, who are in apartments, who don't have the same access to get out and about, who... You know, who can't see their parents? Like, I haven't seen my mum since the 5th of March. She's in a nursing home. And, well, I might have gone to see her every two days. You know, I have another sister who's great. She goes to see her more often. Um, I guess I miss her more. I appreciate now when we speak on the phone. I, I hang on every word. And I guess, you know, we haven't seen in-laws. We would have always... We, we go caravanning and camping for our, our Easter break or our Maybank holidays and we usually hang out with like my brother-in-law and we meet friends at the caravan park and the kids love it. And we've, we've missed that. We've missed the we've missed the meeting and greeting and come, you know, life-exchanging stories and problem-solving and whatever. So it's, it's taught me to, I suppose, appreciate a little bit more. We've done a bit of work in the house and it was originally my parents' home place. So we've like we've lots of like my old we pulled out my dad's old bike and he passed away nearly five years ago and you know we're we're laughing about things. We're looking at things. We're appreciating everything, I guess, is the main thing. Yeah. Uh, we're chatting to Meg Wiley Curran. Now, I suppose, in all honesty, in life, we can all consider at one point or another that we might face cancer. Unfortunately, there is just so much of it in our yeah. community. But mm-hmm. none of us ever really thought we'd face this this sort of mass pandemic with lockdown involved. Totally. I mean, it's, it's, so, it's so surreal when you think that 
not just the country, but the world is closed down. Like, I have a brother who lives in the States, and he's, his wife and kids, they're there, all there, they're there like 28 years, I think, or more, maybe. But, like, he's self-employed, and he's out of work now over five weeks. It's really difficult. You know, I have a brother-in-law here in, in Limerick, and he's self-employed, and they're all at home. They're all trying to adjust to this, you know, change. And, as you say, lockdown, we are locked. Down. It's it's surreal, but you know, I guess you just have to make the most of it. But you do find what I find that your head starts to run away with itself. I don't know if it's just me, but especially at night, I go to bed thinking I'm so tired, and the next thing I know, my brain is just taking off into another place. Yeah, I think a lot of and, people are going through that. Yeah. Oh, it's 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 scary, you know, because we don't know where where it's going to end and you know I suppose we're hanging on to the fifth but being realistic it's not going to change Seems like it'll go on for a bit longer doesn't it? Oh I I totally think it's going to go on longer yeah and I think it's I think it's going to become you know not worse but we, we've become a different nation as a result of all this you go to the shops you, you smile at people they don't smile back they're wearing masks you don't know if they're smiling or not smiling I think we're all becoming very, I know it might seem like a harsh word, but we're a little bit cold towards each other because we're scared. Yeah, yeah. It was very interesting to hear Dr. Catherine Motherway. She's running the ICU at University Hospital Limerick. Yes. And she did say a few weeks ago, we're all going to have to treat each other as pariahs. And she said, you know, yeah. to- totally alien to the way Irish people normally are, but that's the way it has to be for now. Totally alien. I mean... I'm a social butterfly. I just want to be out and about. I I I, I talk to myself if there's nobody around. You know, I'm, I just want to be out there. I, I find it very difficult. And I my husband's at home from work. And, you know, he's he's, 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 he's great. He's worked away. We've done so much work. I mean, we've done work that we've been talking about doing for years. It's all after been done in the space of two months. But with that comes the expense of doing number one, which we hadn't allowed for and then, you know, at the start, we kind of thought, look, it'll all be okay. We'll be going back to work and it'll all work out again. And now it's kind of, everything's running out. You know, paint is running out. Money's running out. We're, we're all running out of patience. We're, we're running out of everything. So, yeah, I, it, I, I find that the hardest. I find the, the part where we are all becoming, as you say, alien to each other. I, I hate that part. I don't want that to be us. That's not Ireland as a nation. No. We're chatting to Meg Wiley Curran. The other thing I presume is you are very conscious um, as somebody who is um, living with cancer of time and how precious time is and the idea that you're restricted in your life now for and could be for a while more must yeah. be doubly difficult for you. It is because, you know, I, as I say, we, we always kind of go and we mix with family and we'd go off camping or we'd go to in-laws. My mother-in-law's in Kerry. I haven't seen her since January. Um, you know, we we would have been, we would have been good, I suppose, to have, I'm, I'm going to an odd house party, you know, and anyone that knows me will know I like a good old bash. I mean, my Pink Delicious event in January was just amazing again. Um, and I like to have, I can decide on the Thursday, let's have a party on Sunday and we can have 30 people around the house and love it. But, you know, now I'm like, 
you're ringing me from outside the gate saying, stick your head out and wave. And I'm thinking, this is just not me at all. <laughs> so, yeah, time. Time is precious. And, you know, I guess with being at home with my kids and my husband, it is lovely. But the other side of that then is there is a little bit more time to think. And I find with my, my boy, Jack, who's nearly seven, um, we're hearing the news and we're hearing a little bit more and we're becoming educated at, at, the, at a young age. And while it's great, it's also a little scary. We're asking questions now about, you know, you can die from coronavirus, but you can also die from cancer. And you have to try to explain to them as small children that, yes, you can. You can like them because now they're they're smarter than we definitely were at that age. Well, me anyway. I, my kids are definitely smarter than I was at six and seven. But, you know, and it's, it's again, it's time so you're lying there and you're thinking and you're overanalyzing and sometimes that brings fear. Mm. Meg, where are you in your cancer journey right now? So in my cancer journey, March 2018, I was diagnosed with stage four from day one and I would have been given um, two to five years with my diagnosis. Now, the interesting facts and figures of my of my stage four would have been, in 2018, there was a 6% survival rate of stage four cancer patients. Interestingly, that figure is now 22%. So I am now on, I'm on a drug now for the last year, just over a year, and it was a relatively new drug that passed up that um, UHL and Limerick put me on. And it was, you know, it wasn't, it had given some good stories and it had given negatives and positives, I guess. Um, I'm lucky. I'm all positive, thank God. I'm doing really well on it. I go for my bloods every three months and I go for a scan every six months. And they're really happy with how this drug, I'm, how my body is reacting to it. However, I also know how quickly things can change. And I'm, as a family, we're very realistic to that. Um, but I'm taking my four pills every morning at half ten and I pop them on and I take no notice and off I go. And I, I just try to, I don't put it to the back of my mind, but I don't allow it to take control of our lives. Yeah. Days I'm good, I'm up and about and I'm pulling and dragging. Today, actually, I'm in agony with tennis elbow because I pulled and dragged weeds and flower pots and what have you. Um Days I'm bad, I I just say, you know, this too shall pass. And I get up the next morning, and if I'm a bit better, great. And if I'm not, I I just kind of go with it. I feel it. And but thankfully, I am I'm doing I'm doing touch wood. I'm doing really well. And Meg, do you think that's what we all need to do to some extent with the pandemic? Try insofar as is possible day to day to put it to the back of our minds as much as we can. I think it's important, yes, but I don't think we all have the ability to do that. I think, um, you know, I think that, like I say, somebody is always in the worst position. There's a little boy not far from us in Dublin at the moment in in a quite a bad state after a, an accident from his bike. And I think of him and I think of his family and I think of how lucky we are and all of us are to have our family safe and I can't. I think of 
severe hardship at the moment. And then I say, well, now things aren't too bad here because it could be worse. However, I realise not everybody can bring their head to this middle-of-the-road position. I think you have to... Um, how do I put it? I think you have to not, not look for the, the worst cases, but I think you have to have positive mental attitude and I think you have to get up and even if you don't want to, you put the music on and you dance like no one's watching. Yeah. And you just try to feel and say to yourself, this too shall pass. Mm. Are, you know, are you cocooning? Um, I'm a little bold. I'm not totally cocooning. No, I'm a little should, bold. should you be cocooning? <laughs> I'm, I'm a daredevil, yes. I'm a daredevil. Um, I, shouldn't, I, don't, I don't like the word cocooning. Um, I should be, I'm in the vulnerable, yes, I'm under the vulnerable umbrella. I am going out to do my food shopping once a week. Mm. I am. I'm going out once a week. I wear my mask. Whether people agree or disagree, I don't know. I wear my mask, I wear my gloves, I sanitize, I come in the back door, I change my clothes, I, I'm i very cautious of it. Uh, by the way, do people recognise you in the mask? Oh, they do, of course, they recognise me, yeah. But like, I mean, you know, I would have always got a hug or I would have always given a hug or I would have always given a fist bump or a high five or something, you know, and... I miss that so much. You know, when I was going through my chemo, I used to do um, a, a Facebook a Facebook video on the drive to the, to the hospital. And I used to use the funny filters, you know. And lots of parents would say to me, my kids love your filter. So lots of kids also recognise me. Now, I know kids aren't out and about, but a lot of families and parents have texted me and said, do the funny videos, my kids love it. It keeps them going. They recognise you with the mask. Yeah, but I think you you can't see if somebody's happy or sad behind this because we're we're so covered. Yeah. I know. And I, I, I don't like it, but I I do. I, I I'm I'm naughty, yes, I go out. I'm not cocooning. <laughs> but I mean I, I'm I'm sorry, I cannot allow coronavirus or anyone or anything take a hundred percent of my control away. I can't. Yeah, well, I didn't allow cancer juice and I won't allow coronavirus to either. Well, fair play to you. And uh, one of the reasons that we're talking to inspirational people like you at the moment is to make us all feel that little bit better uh, and give us that bit of strength to go on. And interestingly enough, um, a listener's been in touch on 461995 to say, if it's of any help to Meg, I was diagnosed with cancer 30 years ago. I survived five years on various concoction of tablets. In 2001, I got another type of breast cancer. I was another five years on treatment, but I'm still here 33 years later. I had five small kids at the time. And I beg God to let me live long enough uh, to let the smallest uh, two grow old enough that they could take care of each other. Luckily enough, I got to see them all grow up. There is always hope, Meg, says Mary. Well, thank you, Mary. And I, I, they're the kind of stories we all need to hear. And like that, I lived to, when I was diagnosed first, I used to say to myself, I would, if I can see my kids make their communion, now I'm getting on with it and they are getting a bit older and I'm saying, when well, I might see their confirmation and when their confirmation comes, I might see their 18th. And you know what? I think there's a plan and a road for us all and 
I think no matter what we do, when he's ready for us up there, do I have faith? Mm, don't know about my faith, but I believe that we there is somebody up there who will take us to wherever he wants us to be. And it's lovely to hear Mary's story. And there is a lot of positive stories like that. Um, but I'm also in the back of my mind, like anyone who's diagnosed with cancer, I'm also very much like mm, prepared, ready, whatever the word may be, for things to change. And I think that's the most important thing, to be prepared, to be ready, to be, I suppose the word is accepting. Mm. And I am accepting. And, you know, I was diagnosed in March 2018. And I'm the youngest of five, as I probably told you a few times on the radio. And my sister, who's the oldest of five, was diagnosed in March 19. Yeah. Now, she doesn't like me to, to speak about it. But I, she's I the yeah. oldest and I'm the youngest. And our two cancers have no connection. And you know what? We're two strong women and we're fighting on. Good. Good. All and right. That's what we can do. Well, uh, another listener's WhatsApped us on 086 123 95 95 to simply say, Joe, listening to Megan, she is a breath of fresh air. She definitely oh. is. No, uh, thank you. Meg Wiley Curran, thank you very much for talking thank to you. us this morning and uh, no the very best of luck to you, uh, Megan. Thank you. You too. Take Stay care. Safe. Cheers. Bye bye. Call Limerick today now on 46 19 95.